You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 176, sponsored by Shiguru Death Frenzy by Funimation, in-stock trades, and Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy for your free audiobook download. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 176. I am Josh Flanagan, and I am here with... Connor Kilpatrick. And of course... Ron Richards. That's gang. We're all here. iFanboy.com is our website. We like comics, so we made a website about it. Every week we read a bunch of them, and one of us has the job of picking the very best one that they read. We call that the Pick of the Week. They write a review on Wednesday night about that book, and then we get together and record a podcast. That's this that you're listening to right now. We talk about that Pick of the Week, other books from the, the week, and, and other stuff, emails, voicemail. It's a cavalcade, I would say. I don't, I don't know what the literal <laughs> translation of that is. But, it's a frenzy. Uh, it's a comic book frenzy. Extravaganza. It's a cornucopia. It's a yeah. happy fun time. Yeah, what it's a, a place to argue. Yeah. argue. yeah, you shut up. You make bastard. <laughs> Let's get back to Before the comics. The show. Uh, we're going to be talking about uncomfortable topics of culture. And also, there will be spoilers about the books from the week. Um, so if you haven't read your books, come back later after you have. Or you know what. Story points be damned. It's an entertaining time. That's what I'm saying. This week, Connor, you had the pick. There you go. Uh, this was a very light week for me. I only had ten books, which is becoming very light. And for the most part, they were pretty good. There was a lot of big big books that came out, a lot of books I was looking forward to. And at the end of the day, the book that I had the most fun reading was G.I. Joe Corbo number 1, which I'm sure was a surprise to many. It was a surprise to me. I know I've been talking up the whole G.I. Joe reboot since it's been out. This is the third book. There's a main G.I. Joe book, and then there's two miniseries, G.I. Joe Origins, which we talked about a few weeks ago, and G.I. Joe Cobra. And uh, G.I. Joe is tough. You know, and there's so much nostalgia wrapped up in G.I. Joe. It's, it's for people our age, guys in their 30s, or late, early 30s, late 20s, G.I. Joe was a big influence on their life. It was, on, it was a cartoon that was on every day, and it got so many people into comic books. And they keep trying to recapture that G.I. Joe magic. Dark Horse tried it. Devils Do tried it. I think there was another company that tried it. And it just it never really goes anywhere after a while. The Devils Do line went very long. Actually, it just ended last year. It went for many years, but um, it wasn't very good, I thought. So, Well, it was, time, it, was, that, it was Josh's pick of the week back in 2001, wasn't it? No, I read it the day after September 11th. <laughs> so. so you're kind of biased. Like fucking USA, yeah. It was issue, it, well, it was issue one, and that was his pick, and it was the first three or four were good. That, yeah. But then they, they, they tried to stick too close to the Marvel storyline, and they were using yeah. the same continuity. It just didn't it didn't work anymore. Um, and then the this one is this reboot from IDW is a is a reimagining. It's the same characters or some of the same characters in a modern, more realistic world. And so far, so good. And one thing I thought, I was reading G.I. Joe Cobra, I was about three or four pages into it, and this, this is about Chuckles, who was the undercover agent, and he was the guy that wore the loud, the loud Hawaiian shirt, and he was the undercover guy. And about three or four pages in, I went, oh, wow, Chuckles is Jack Bauer. 
is absolutely <laughs> this is this is twenty four. Nice. This is this is this is Joe through a twenty four lens. And right now they've got they've got the talent to pull off this gritty, you know, urban realistic G.I. Joe feel and it's 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 working and it's weird and if and I said in my review if this didn't have G.I. Joe in the cover this would have been the best uh, spy book I'd read in a while and it's sort of like the circle mm-hmm. and it's it's really working so far and the art is the art in this is so strong it's just like it's this realistic sort of gritty um, I keep saying gritty because it's very it's, it is it's a very violent book because people get shot you know G.I. Joe people never got shot in here you know Chuckles is a badass super, you know, secret agent who is having a meeting with a guy from Cobra who's trying to recruit him. And he, while he's having this meeting, he's, he's noticing the guy had a broken wrist at one point. So he knows if that goes bad, he's going to break the guy's wrist again. And that's where it's the first spot he's going to go for. And then he knows, you know, he's, he's d- determining his point of origin from his lighter and how he talks and his cigarettes. And it's all very sort of how you think it would really go down. And it's very, very different, but also works. I mean, he's sitting there in a Hawaiian shirt, but... It, it doesn't seem silly like it kind of did in a little bit for Chuck. I always thought Chuckles was kind of silly, and well, even I, back when I was a kid. When I had that toy, I never knew what to do with him because you have the one right. guy covering grenades and body armor, and then there's this guy in a shirt with a handgun. I was like, "What the hell is this? I don't want an undercover agent." It wasn't a lot to do undercover wise when you're on the floor of my living room with all the GI Joes. This is know? what I'm saying. <laughs> the battle's already begun. There's no more undercover work to be had. Chuckles. I actually had like I actually had some deep cover black ops sting operations that lasted months in my living room. It was just it was re- I was really I was really invested into infiltrating the kitchen. Really, it was basically he lost his Chuckles figure under the couch. That's what happened. Oh no, he's deep cover. <laughs> Chuckles was always the first one to get shot. <laughs> it was, he would he would show you how serious this was this was going to be by the battle in my living room, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's just it's really it's really interesting and really good really strong issue and it um it 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 really does work if you're just looking for a spy or a military story at least these side books are working that way I think the main book is kind of in the sillier territory and I think a lot of that has to do with because the art's kind of silly. And there's more gadgets and there's more robots, but so far these side books are just straight up military slash espionage. Who, who wrote really this working. one? Who wrote it? This was a, this was a co-writing job between Mark Co- Mike Costa and Christos Gage. Oh, okay. And no, normally Christos Gage doesn't doesn't overly thrill me, but this has been really strong. Is there anything and, Christos uh, Gage isn't writing? I feel like his name is on like a ton of books. He he's doing a lot of right. books. Right, while you can, yeah. really. I think because he's sort of like a a mid level guy at the at the majors. He does a lot of the books at like uh, Dynamite, ninety W, and and yes, like, you know, Wild Storm books. Like yeah. he can headline those books because he works. He's not exclusive, so he does that. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I know he does a lot of stuff for Wildstorm, and yeah, yeah, crazy, good for him. So the main the main the main plot of this book or this issue is that Chuckles it's it's he's having this meeting with Cobra, and he's. He's being recruited, by, but no one knows. No one's actually said the word Cobra yet. And um, you flash back in, during this meeting where he was, he was in G.I. Joe, and he was kind of the wise-ass, and Hawk you know, drummed him out of G.I. Joe. Um, that was the cover story, but the real story was that he was being sent undercover out into the world where he was going to become a mercenary and work his way up the ladder, you know, build a reputation so that finally, at, you know, after years, he would get called upon by the big groups and they would be able to infiltrate them. So this is the story of a guy who had to go down a dark path, and I mean, they see, you see him flamethrowing, flamethrowing villages and things like that, doing really bad stuff in order to keep his cover, in order to get higher up in the ladder, in order to get into these big groups, and it's, it's the price you pay to 
to do this sort of thing. You know, he's he's un, unrecognized. The only person that knows who he does who does this is Hawk, and Jinx Jinx is his handler, and and it's you know it's one man's you know war against terrorism and what what that what that, what you have to do to do that, how you have to maintain and how you have to you know the compromises you have to make in order to get the job done. And it's very it's very sort of realistic in that sense. I mean, there's also a big Cobra logo on the door at the end where he goes to to meet the guy, but you know. In between that, there's lots of shooting and running across rooftops, and, and it's really it was just really strong sort of spy story in the GI Joe world. Did it surprise you? Like, were you expecting to think this was okay, or I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really. I just I just knew I was going to buy all these GI Joe books, mm-hmm. and about three like I said, like three or four pages in, I was like, oh wow! Like I wasn't at all expecting it to be this realistic in this mm-hmm. in this this way at all. So it was a big surprise. It was a big pleasant surprise, and. It, it was really strong, and like I said, the so far the side books are really, really kicking the main book's ass. I mean, the origin story was really good. This was really good as well. Do you think the and, the, uh, the main book is suffering from having to tee up the movie, or I, just... I think the main book is suffering because it's it's the tone is different. The tone is yeah. a bit more tr- traditional, and it's not a bad book by any means. Right, it's just now, not as good as the side books. Is there a main book that deals with the movie? Is that the same as the ongoing G.I. Joe story? Because I saw some of the covers, like they were like photo covers. Now, that's the regular G.I. Joe book. That's a fourth book. Okay, that's what I thought. There's a fourth book that's setting up the movie specifically. That is G.I. Okay. Joe, um, what's it called? The movie. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's, but, but it's basically dealing with the characters in the movie. Like the, and that the, has, the, does that have anything to do with these? I don't believe so. I didn't buy those. Yeah, I, 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 I picked this up. I picked up Origins number one, and I tried to pick up the ongoing ones, but I couldn't find them. But I did see the photo covers, and I thought, I don't want that. No, that's not, those aren't. Photo them. cover on a comic book is the first thing to make me run away from it. <laughs> if you see yeah. a photo on a comic book, I don't know if it was Mark Miller's Trouble that did that or, or what. But if there was a photo on the cover of a comic book, I don't, I don't want it. That's what I know. So if you picked this up, what do you think of it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. You are you're spot on. Um, it was it was great. The art um, was was Antonio really Fuso. strong uh, by Antonio, Antonio Fuso, Fuso, like you said. Um, it was it was a good uh, it was a good spy book. It was it was I liked how it was very stark um, in 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 look, I suppose. Um, and because I think I wouldn't have expected this um, when you see GI Joe Cobra on the cover. Absolutely not. And and I think that was what was really uh, that was what was really refreshing about it. It was I mean, it, you, you could have just had like the build up of Cobra Commander in his in his Hitler like way, you know, and, and gathering followers and everything. And this was a different way into that. Uh, it was very very strong. It was really good. This was among the best things that I read this week for sure. Um, G.I. Joe Origins number one also was really good. The art wasn't as strong. Uh, no, this the art. I was blown away by the art. In this. Yeah. It was. I'd, I'd love if he was the guy in the main book because I think that's what's really holding that book back. But so yeah, I'm Stark, read- Stark is Stark is a great way to describe this. Yeah, it is. It's really great. This is a mini, so you don't have to get too invested in this if you just want yeah. to read the. And, and like, I would say to people who are who are listening to this and think, well, it sounds like something I want, but I don't want a GI Joe book. Get, get, try it. I think you might be surprised. Um, there really isn't the the, the trappings of GI Joe are very light in, in this particular issue. I mean, you know, you, there's a cobra symbol. He's he's at GI Joe briefly, but yeah. really, it's just about a guy who's an undercover agent. There's I really, really like nothing. the scene at GI Joe. Yes, uh, where he's, hey, Mister, <laughs> I can't deal with your comments because I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, I was just re- I was surprised and really happy, and this is you know it's good. We'll we'll ride it out till it blow- implodes as Jejo always does. <laughs> 
One one of the bigger books that ca- uh, came out was Ultimatum Three, and I thought briefly about making this my pick, but I just not a big fan of David Lynch. I mean, David Finch. David Finch's art, uh, just you know, taste thing is just not one of my favorites. I didn't, and um, I think his art is also not as good as it used to be. Like when he did New Avengers, I didn't even like it then, but it was better. Right. Um, so, but you were, but uh, you, otherwise, but you like this book, really? I love the story. Story's fantastic. Oh, really I, I, I thought this issue was just all over the place, and it was just like the classic case of Loeb trying to do too much with too little, and and not having like there's just like every point in the every point in the issue where I wanted to focus in on what was happening, it it moved on to another another group of characters. You know? that's the point of the mini. It's clean, cleaning the decks. Yeah. Cleaning the decks of the Ultimate Universe. So it's, it's moving quickly and it has to deal with lots of people, lots of characters, yeah. lots of scenarios. I mean, that, that's, the, that's, the one, that's the one thing that I'll give it credit for is that if it's setting up the new status quo in the Ultimate Universe and it's wiping out a lot of the ultimatized versions of people, you know, and so may, maybe finally now, you know, the, at least in terms of the X-Men and the uh, Avengers slash Ultimates or whatever, they can start to have their own kind of, you know, f- start forging their own kind of way as far as stories go and shake the, the idea of just, you know, m- Modern updating the Marvel universe, um, so I thought in that way it's there. It's Shakespearean and how it's killing everyone, but right. I don't know. It just it was just far too jagged for me. It was just it was just every at every point it just next you know another scene, another scene, another scene, and it was just it went way too fast for me personally. It was killed. Uh, who wasn't? Lot, lots of people. Yeah. Um, in this issue, Nightcrawler's dead. Hank Pym dies. Jan um, Jan Van Dyne dies. Um, yeah, um, but she's being downloaded into Jacosta. Yeah, yeah so sure. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of X Men, like Dazzler. Thor and, chooses to stay in in Valhalla and let Captain America live again. So he's Thor is technically dead, though he can easily come back. Um, uh, Daredevil died last issue. It, it's just they're really just laying waste to to sort of simplify the universe. There's, yeah. And and it's, one thing I really like about it is is these are, and this is a, one of the few events where shit actually happens. Yeah. You know. They're actually, they're actually doing things. This is actually going to change the ultimate universe. It's actually going to live up to its word. You know, it's actually going to do things. So people are dying, and people yeah. are really being affected by, it. unlike other events just in general, where things don't normally happen or change at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see the ultimate universe after this because um, at this point, I, I st- when I st- it started, I read all the books, and then by the end, I've only been reading Spider-Man, and even Spider-Man, I think for about a year, it's been coasting on. Mm, good feelings. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's I think it's been it's been a solid book, but I think it hasn't been as great as it was in the beginning because I think it's just sort of the downside to having the same creative team for so long is that it does sort of start to coast at certain points. Yeah, and I think whatever whatever the new status quo is after this is over, it might be a good shot in the arm for the book, like Stuart Monin was when he joined. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited for the new for the new Spider-Man. I think it should be really. I'm hoping, and and there's you know going to be some level of time jump and and dealing with the change in status quo and whatever. So I'm really kind of curious what that brings. So, and I'm probably going to buy them all again. Yeah, yeah. People like this. I've been enjoying Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm cool with it. I don't need it to change. Yeah. So, Connor, you're wrong and stupid. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of event books, um, Invincible number sixty um, was a, a an event book in a single issue. <laughs> I'm curious what you thought about this. Um, and I found, by the way, that reading uh, Kirkman's little aside at the end, his little note was very telling. Yeah. <laughs> well, why? <laughs> well, okay, you have a much longer history with Image Comics than I do. So while yeah. I was going through it, like I recognize a lot of these characters, but I don't necessarily know who a lot of them are. Yeah. And basically, to me, this was 
like you said, it was an event book in one thirty page issue. Um, and it was, I mean, it's a lot like we were talking about with Ultimatum. You got to cram yeah. a lot of stuff in there. Yep. Um, and ultimately, there was too much to fit and actually be able to tell much of a story. And and basically, in the beginning of his letter column, he basically kind of copped to it. Yeah. Without saying directly, this didn't quite work. He pretty much said, this didn't quite work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so. Like, on the one hand, like, no, it was not the best issue ever, but I think I'd seen a couple of places where people were like, that was terrible. And I was like, no, because it was trying to do something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was, and I know that that is such a double standard of stuff, but, like, you could see, like, well, let's see what happens if we try to do this with this book because we have the freedom to. And it's just one issue. Um, and it was kind of funny. And I was also just looking at it from a technical standpoint of trying to put that much stuff into it. And it, it ultimately didn't really work. Right, yeah. I mean, I, this, my same criticism of Ultimatum I would have for this issue is that so much happened and it happened so fast that it was, you know, that every moment where I wanted to see more, it, it moved on to the next moment or another set of scenes. Um, but for, but for some reason, I thought it worked a little better than an ultimatum because also because ultimatum, there's still another issue to come. Like there was no resolution where this definitely it finished the event in the last issue. It was like okay, now you know this is the new status quo and this is what happened. Um, just to fill people in without spoiling it for Connor, um, just to, you know, just kind of the the you know the basics of what the story is is that um, uh, Angst- Angstrom Levy. But don't no don't do that part. Okay. Um, a bunch of alternate uh, invincibles from other universes show up and they wreck house. Yep. Uh, they fight every uh, superhero team in the image universe and everything gets wrecked. Um, the, the the one thing the one thing this did have going for it for at least for me personally aside from it being the image universe and there being so many characters and it's always fun to see you know Madman fighting next to Savage Dragon and things like that. Um, the the early on the double page spread of all the alternate universe uh, invincibles flying in. You give me alternate universe, alternate versions of characters, and I'm sold. You know, it's yeah. like because like, no, that you, was cool. Yeah, because now, because now in my mind, there's a whole world of, ooh, what is that invincible doing, and why is he like that, and what is that? And I liked how there are they're all based on the main invincible that we know, but with slight modifications and little things that are pulled from. Like there's the one invincible, like the Grifter style mask. And then there's an invincible with more of a Superman kind of thing, and then there's one that's more Vultramite, and then it's just I just thought it was really like I don't I, I, I love the imagination with 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 that of pulling in alternate versions of characters. You know what I liked, and I know I'm not like a continuity person very much, but I liked that the first page of it instantly brought you back to an earlier point in the story. Yep. And yep. I, I don't want to what that is, but like when you see it, you're like, oh right, that. Right. And you knew right where you were, and you knew right where you were coming from. Yep. Um, I like that. Uh, you know the the brother was a difference in his story that everybody else because I kept finding myself like well how can he beat these people if they're the same as him right yep so the brother becomes important and I really like how the brother hasn't been like, the brother flipped out that one issue which was awesome <laughs> um, but like that hasn't been a thing like you have to think not that way like it's been right okay, yeah. well let me consider this I think that's been really interesting um, the only, like, but there was too much and you lose track. Like I remember one time, uh, Adam, you've got hurt and apparently yeah. it was off panel. Yeah. I like agree. I kept yep. going back to be like, wait, what happened? Where'd she, yeah, cause I they did, flew I, in together the and then issue, all of a sudden yeah. he's bloodied. Yeah. And he's like screaming. He's like, you've got to save her. I'm like, what happened to her? Yeah. yeah. So, but that said, like I, I said, did, like I said, it ended, it ended with, you know, the, 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 the world pretty much wrecked and, you know, Mark just saying, my God. And now, now I want to know where, where do we go from here? So mm-hmm. in that way, in that way, it succeeded more than ultimate ultimatum in my mind, but that's because it was one issue versus four. But you'll so. get there too, yeah. with ultimate. Yeah. Uh, if, apparently I'm not reading it. Uh, also you've got, you've got, you've got to give Otley credit. 
Oh, Otley's um, the art is amazing. The art was great. Yeah. I mean, like all this shit going on. I yeah. mean, and the dude. No, and it's up again and, again and it's great to see him do the other characters too i mean that's it's always fun to see an artist you know try to you know draw the darkness or or you know or or shadowhawk or whatever you know like it was neat and and pit i, I didn't even know pit was back so i don't even know who Pitt is pit's the big the dale, dale keown hulk you yeah yeah hulk guy with the chains around i don't think this is quote-unquote continuity Right, like yeah. this isn't like Dynamo Five isn't going to suddenly be wrecked. Right, yeah, no, they're just he's having fun in his little universe. So, that's cool. Josh, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. sure. After reading Wolverine seventy one. Oh well, it's alternate, so it's cool. No, it's not. All right. No, this is the official end of the Marvel universe. It is. Fine. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I didn't like about <clears throat> Wolverine seventy one. Uh, is that uh, Hawkeye was kind of a? Oh well, gosh! Look at oh, look at uh huh! Like they played him like he was kind of dumb. Yeah, like he didn't see all this stuff coming. Which well, he's blind. He was desperate. He was desperate to get back in the game. I, right. I kind of bought it. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could I could definitely see that. I just thought for me, I read it as he was so desperate to be a hero again that he overlooked the fact that he was being set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, this is this is this is just. It's the same thing. It's a, it's the porn. It is. It's, it's, it's exactly the exact word. In my, you know, it's like, and it, it's, it's again, it's classic Miller, like, just like, look at this cool thing, and then you're like, but what? Are, no, no, look at this cool thing now. I don't want to explain that. Look at this other thing, <laughs> and and it's done really well. Like this is a giant Hank Pym skeleton. Anyway, now we're in the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's all, it's all, as you said, it's all very interesting and cool, and I like the idea that you. You speed, you speed past it. You don't get the yep. story behind. Which it. is you what would happen if you were driving head. past it. Yeah. Um. And 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 you know, as if it needs to be said, uh, he can draw. Uh, this it's McNiven guy. Oh man! It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he he's he's hoarding talent. I think he's got too much of the world surplus talent, and and this could kill us all. So, how did you like this? Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I mean, it was totally. I mean, you know, so it it's it picks up with Wolverine and Hawkeye being chased by the Venom uh, dinosaur, <laughs> which is that's just a great idea. The idea of Venom merging with something from the Savage Land, you know, and then um, has them take sanctuary in Emma Frost's little mutant kind of haven area, and then um, Josh, you got I. Not only did you get Hawkeye's demise at the end, supposedly when he gets shot in the head, but early in the issue, Josh, did you get excited to see your boy? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that was that was good. Although, again, it brings up the question of how powerful is Black Bolt? Yep. His little speech thing. Yeah, I think that I think that at some point it got blown up too high so that it was unusable. Right. You know, so so when he says like the his merest whisper can level a mountain. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, that that was good stuff. So the, the Black Bolt, because uh, you know Venom is you know, uh, his weakness is Sonics, so it, it, he. F- Shoots it at. He says, "Stop to Venom," and the dinosaur gets purged of the Venom crap. Um, Black Bolt, coy little shush. Yes, <laughs> and then and then uh, you know the like we said the the huge they they drive by Pym Falls and it's the huge skeleton of Hank Pym as Giant Man where he fell, and then you see the although, okay. although in the map it was called Pym Cross in the in the beginning. Oh, it is. It's it, yeah. Oh, interesting. Also, they said they said it's Connecticut. Clearly, that's way down. That's down in Maryland. Yeah. Oh, weird. Well, Miller's not from here. No. <laughs> and then we get, when we go into the city, it's like we're entering Connecticut. And, I was like, and, and the shot of the shot of it, uh, by the way, is clearly uh, New Jersey. So yeah, weird. 
Questionable geography, but so they go into the they go into, they go into the new city. What what is it called? New um, New Babylon, and it's a very New York style it's in city. Long Island, yeah, it looks like it's in yeah, and it's a very uh, New York style city that the Red Skull's built, and there's a huge Red Skull statue of him crushing the heroes, and um, and then we find out that he's the president. Yeah, and then we find out that Hawkeye is meeting a group of rebe- of rebels, and he's going to deliver super soldier serum to them to help the their kind of revolution. But turns out it's a double cross, and he gets shot. So, he should have known when the mustache was there. Yeah, the, yeah that guy's th- that that dude with the fake hair and the mustache. Like I was, I was trying to figure out who that was, but I, I, I didn't come up with anything. So, mm. <laughs> I don't think that's fake hair. I just think he looked, he's looking like Hitler. But yeah. um, oh, good point. It's it's just uh, it's just fun. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yep, and it's beautiful. And the 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 stuff with Doctor Doom was good. And yeah, it was just fun. This is this is this is this is sure enough to be a great. This is going to be a great little collection, I think. Uh. What is McNiffin doing after this? Because I will buy it. Okay. There's got to be something you wouldn't you wouldn't buy. <laughs> Rom Space Knight. No, I'd buy that. I would totally buy that. <laughs> no, it's got something. I don't know. Some sort of German midget porn, like like the death of Hal Jordan. Like you wouldn't buy that. <laughs> no, no, I know it would be the Kyle Rayner uh, ascension. Yeah, as I buy tr- a Kyle Rayner book right now. <laughs> no, but Kyle Rayner is the one true Green Lantern. Jason Todd book. Yeah, Jason Todd Kyle Rayner buddy book. Road, <laughs> road trip. That was, that was a, countdown. That was that was called countdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but McNiven didn't do it. The Connor won't not buy anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like Mikey. I will buy. It. Um, so that was so that was good. I mean, that was also, you know, that could have been pick of the week, but it was also more of the same. Yes, which was, right. which was also excellent, but at the same time, it didn't shock me as GI Joe did. So that was why, probably why GI Joe was over the top. And now, the crowd howls for blood, as crowds do, as two damaged warriors sacrifice flesh and bone in a perverse test of wills. Shiguri death frenzy, Fujiki Jinosuke. And Iroki Saigen, two legendary samurai, share a long and violent past. Bitter rivals from the moment they locked eyes, these warriors inflicted wounds on each other that would have destroyed lesser men. As the final chapter of the saga unfolds, they must summon the strength for one last battle, a battle where only one shall survive. Take home the Blu-ray and DVD on March 31st. It's Shiguri Death Frenzy. The beauty is in the kill. Visit Funimation.com slash Shiguri, S-H-I-G-U-R-U-I, for more details. I'm gonna say it different every time. That's I don't. Be. I don't want to buy it as much as I did last week. No. Well, but I still kind of want to buy it. It's in summer. my in my head though, I heard <laughs> like that. Samurai. Oh, that was. Other and then a girl went. Ah. That's kind of how that goes. I think. Next next time I'm gonna put some beats by the Rizza behind me as I read. It. <laughs> Have you, cons- you considered Jizza instead? I might. I might do that. All right, I think that's a good way to keep it. Keep that might it going. be the way I go. So, Uncanny X Men number five hundred seven, uh, Matt Fraction and Terry Dodson. Um, th- this was really interesting because you know the the Uncanny, you know, like the Uncanny X Men has been kind of you know it's been it's been okay since the since the relaunch and in moving them to San Francisco, and I've been enjoying it. But this issue there hasn't been a lot of buzz about it. There hasn't. No, there really, really hasn't been. And, and I wouldn't say this issue should bring about that buzz. But what I thought was interesting about it was that it was very. I don't know if yeoman is the right word, but it was very, it was very good. You know, it was very, it was very um, respectably good. And what I thought was interesting was that you know we've kind of kind of got two stories going on at once, where you know um, Beast and, and Angel are are 
investigating something. Honestly, I'm not quite sure. Um, but something to do with the future of mutant kind and all that kind of deal. And then at the same time, Colossus is dealing with the loss that he feels of the loss of Kitty. And he's kind of taking out – he's been taking out his anger on a local kind of um, Russian kind of mafia kind of thing in San Francisco. And so in this issue, what you've got is you've got those two stories being told in parallel – and what Fraction and Dotson did, which I thought was really interesting, was that they they told the stories at the same time and connected them through like actions. So there's one moment where you know where where somebody you know gets punched in in, in the um, in the in San Francisco by Colossus, and then the next panel is someone reacting to getting punched in the Beast Angel storyline. So I thought it was a very it was a very um, it was a it was a neat way to tell that story, um, and it flowed really really well. So it was really I mean it was I, I read it and I had a good time. It was like I'm having a good time reading the X Men, and it ended with um, um, apparently Magneto getting his powers back from the High Evolutionary, uh, which is sure to be interesting down the road, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, he's just he's just doing a very respectful a respectable job, I think. So I heard that um, Colossus got a kitty tattoo. Yes, at the end, yeah, he did. Well, because that, that was that, that was the whole interesting gimmick is that how does Colossus get a tattoo? Because you know he, he his armor his body armor would protect him from any harm, so he had to like consciously deal with the deal with the pain and not armor up and allow the pain to happen. So um, you know, kind of obvious metaphor there, but um, uh, but it was good. It was interesting, and there, there was a little more intrigue in terms of what Cyclops is doing with this whole with the whole base in San Francisco, and he's talking to the mayor and saying that it, it looks like he's building a militia, and it ends with him saying, "Not a militia, an army." And so there's a little you know intrigue as to what's going on in Cyclops' head about you know the future of the X Men. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying it. And it looks like Greg Land is back next issue, so that should be fun. So, <laughs> well. Wolverine aside, Azrael Death's Dark Knight number one is probably the best looking book of the week. Art by Fraser Irving, who nice. did the um, Clary and the Witch Boy segment of Seven Soldiers and a couple Gutsville. of issues. Robin and Gutsville. His uh, story was okay. It's basically it's not John Paul Valley. It's a new Azrael, but I, I wanted to mention it because it's absolutely beautiful. And if you see it in your comic store, you should take just take a flip through it. It's it's just it's a beautiful looking book. It's a different kind of style than McNiven. It's more painterly, and more sort of classic. But it's just I, I had a joy. I had a, just a great time reading it just for the art alone. The story was all right. Cool. But uh, just wanted to mention that. Um, if I had to choose a pick of the week, I probably would have gone. This is going to surprise people, but Hellblazer. Um, uh. this is the end of the the third part of the um first arc that pete milligan's doing um after he took over as the regular writer and the mysterious you're gonna have to turn in your pete milligan hater card hey yeah. you know what some people are good at doing some things but not <laughs> others i'm uh, not blaming you i'm just saying i'm informing you you have to turn it in by five o'clock I, there there are some people who can do like i like one thing they do but everything else they do is terrible i cannot yeah, I, think of who those people are at this moment but they do exist um this was basically it was a three-part store i think it was three um where, George Lucas? Um, yeah, part three of three of Infectious. Basically, like he just had this horrible, nasty scab all over him for some reason. And it had to do with uh, when he was a young magician and, and there was a labor dispute and he, he uh, cursed one of the, the labor leaders. He scab. That's the, the, right. the, the double entendre. And it's just a really, really nice character piece it was a self-contained three stories you could have not read anything before or after and you get that whole story and it's exactly what it should feel like Giuseppe Kevin Coley um I think is a name that people are going to start hearing a lot more uh he's, he's he's done a couple of these Hellblazers and I've heard C.B. Cebulski mention his name a lot 
which yeah. means that he's going to be doing a lot of Marvel work uh, at some point. Um, and, and he's very good. I, I like it very much. He got John onto the double-breasted suit in this one, so it's good to go. Uh, it's a great, great issue, great, great little story. So uh, here's to high hopes cool. on so, that stuff. Okay. Have either of you guys read Joe Kelly's Bad Dog? I missed the first issue, and so now I'm waiting for the trade. Okay. Um, I bought this on the strength of the fact that, that Kelly's sort of been doing so much stuff lately, and it's been pretty good. Like, he's, you know, we've said he's, he's having his comic book renaissance. And um, it, it's not a concept that I thought that I would like very much. Basically, it's a werewolf who is a bounty hunter, and he pals around with a little fat guy who is really uh, – He's both religious and extremely crude, so he basically spends the whole time creatively swearing uh, in the name of Jesus. Um, it's a little silly, but I like it. Um, the art by uh, Diego Greco, who I've never heard of, uh, is fantastic. It's a really nice-looking book. It doesn't look like anything else. Um, and the, the coloring, and uh, he does all of that stuff. And it's just a, it's a really, really good-looking book. It's, it's definitely not for the kids. Um, it's a this little is the sexy one, right? It's not well. No, it's not very. Is, sexy. Is, is, is it one of his books about sex? That might be Bang now. Tango from Vertigo. Oh, that's that's what that one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more violent and and sort of disturbing. It's almost like a Garth Ennis book. I think he said something like that when I interviewed him. Like it's like his his tribute to Garth Ennis. Um, but it does have that. Like the main character is interesting enough that you want to know what's going to happen with him. And it's not just a bunch of crudity for the for the sake of itself. Um, it's good. It's actually succeeding where I think the boys is failing a little bit. Um, at least it's getting stuff done a little quicker. But this is the second issue. I, I really dug the first one. Again, the, the art is fantastic. In the same way that, that you said they should uh, uh, flip through uh, Asriel, they should definitely take a flip through this book and take a look at it. Uh, I'm putting it out? It's Image. Okay. It's Image. This is the second issue. Cool. It's good. Cool. I like it. Finally, this is almost the same thing about Azrael, but Supergirl thirty nine. Uh, Jamal Agle is just killing this book. His his art is just it's just getting better and better, and it's just I was, there's some marvelous pages in this issue. So much so that in the last very end of the issue, when randomly there's another artist for a couple of pages in the middle, and then it goes back to Agle. It's just kind of like a head scratcher, but mm-hmm. um, he is just those. I was just wow, he's getting really really good. He's just killing this book. Awesome. And the story's story's really good too. But he, he's Agle's getting better and better. Cool. So it's like a whole, it's like a whole new artist from when he started. From I remember a year or so ago when he was doing like Teen Titans, he was good there, but he's getting he's just getting ridiculously good now. It's great when when an artist is given like a ongoing kind of thing to really kind of grow into and and you know because I think I think that they need that repetition and that that sort of um you know kind of uh, consistency. Some do, yeah, some do. Some, I mean, yeah, I mean. Really I th- yeah, exactly. I mean, as opposed to going from character to character to character to really get a feel for what they're work, and it's great to see Eigel doing good on it. So awesome. And the story is still staying strong, so cool. good stuff. Sterling Gates, right? Yep. Cool. It's there were no books this this week that we could uh, strongly disagree on. No, th- actually, I had I had about ten books too, and it was a great week for me. I thought it was really really good. It was a really strong yeah. week. Yeah, 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 it was. Nothing was bad. There was no bad books. So if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the books that came out this week, and then there you can um, you know do your pull list, and you can come back and then rate and review the books. And we have a couple of reviews from the ifanboy community, and the first one comes from Zenoscope Fan Seven, who reviewed Amazing Spider-Man number five eighty eight and gave the story a five out of five and the art a three out of five. And about ten percent of the ifanboy community made this their pick of the week uh, at the time of recording. 
And Xenoscope Fan 7 says, I didn't know there were seven Xenoscope fans, um, says, finally a Spider-Man issue that really has that classic Spidey feel. So many questions were answered in this particular issue. I felt that with the constant rotating Spidey staff, I would never see any closure to anything that happened in Spider-Man. I couldn't be more wrong. It's been a long time since I've read a Spider-Man book that really had me on the edge of my seat. This is what Spider-Man is all about, and I hope to see more of the same to come in the future. And Xenoscope Fan 7 is absolutely correct. This is like the long story arc that's been going on for a year is wrapped. And it was just, it was great. Um, my, my only criticism was, and Connor, you, you're reading the, this, right? The inker? Yeah, the inker, the inker changed. Uh, Klaus Jansen didn't ink the whole book, and it was really noticeable. Um, yep, I did. it was a whiplash moment. Like I had a yep. Supergirl where I was like, whoa, what happened? It, yep. it, it was, went from Klaus Jansen to Tom Palmer, and they're just different styled. For Klaus only Jansen for only five more. five pages, five pages of the total book, but it was so starkly different. And I had to look to see if the colorist changed, and the colorist didn't change, which yeah, I thought was, was interesting. It, yeah, so Palmer's cleaner. Yeah, yeah, as Ramita, Palmer does much cleaner inks, whereas Klaus Jansen's are much sketchier. Yeah, so it really was noticeable. All of a sudden, everybody got really, really clear. Yeah, got really, really, really clear looking. Um, yes. Yeah, that that Other was than that it was fantastic yeah yeah that was the only negative I, th- I could take away from it but it was a great resolution to the storyline and and the whole menace and the mayor thing and everything like that Spider Man's been awesome so did you read the letters page Ron uh yeah I did what With specifically this, the swapping out the writers yeah totally yep so the um the brain trust which was uh, Gale and Guggenheim and Slot and those guys are all leaving the book and they're being replaced Guggenheim staying they're replaced by Joe Kelly I guess Slot staying too um, yeah. Uh, Joe Kelly, Mark Wade are the new writers, along with um, Fred Van Lente. Yep, and Zeb, Bob and Gale. Zeb Wells. Yeah, so. he was he was also one of the old guys. Bob Gale, overlooking it all. So they're kind of they're adding a couple new guys to the whole thing. Yeah. Kelly with Kelly's issues are really good. So was Mark Wade. So that'll be good. Yeah, exactly. So keep it going, man. This is, they're doing a good thing on Spider Man. So next, next. up, uh, Sammy. Uh, Groom Lake number one, which you give a three out of five for story and a four out of five for art. Uh, nobody uh, said this was their pick of the week, and and it almost wasn't Sammy's. Uh, this wasn't on my pull list, and I wasn't really aware it was coming out, so I looked through it at my LCS surprised. Glad I did because I forgot how much I enjoyed Temple Smith's art. This issue was good. It introduced you to some characters and was and was very much a building block. It could have benefited from a few more pages, maybe an exercise double first issue. Uh, but my interest is there, so I'll have a look and make my decision for the second issue. For now, I'd recommend anyone interested in Templesmith, uh, Ben Templesmith, that is, should read this. And anyone looking for an alien story, not necessarily genre-defining, but an alien story in any comic form should pick this up. So this this was IDW, I assume? I assume. Yeah. yeah. Templesmith is like, he, he's always got books out Yeah. that you don't hear about. All of a sudden, there they are. And there's always a bunch of them. And it's just, it's like he's every time passing. he's turning around, he just doesn't have a book by him out. Yeah, but uh, this is a new one. As you want, if you like Temple Smith, maybe you didn't know he had another book out. But Groom Lake is an alien story. Apparently, it's like an X Filesy kind of thing. But I wonder if it has vampires. <laughs> loves loves the vampires. Um, so so head over head over. Some- Head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics to check out more about Groom Lake or any of the other books that came out this past week and the books coming out next week. And do your pull list and do your ratings and reviews. Next uh, week we're back to a big book of books. Is it really? Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's better off then. 
Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to take some time to tell you about Audible.com. Uh, it's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Um, content from Audible is downloaded and played back on your computer, your CD player, iPod player, whatever you ha- whatever device you use to play uh, audio on, you can play Audible audiobooks on it. They've got over 80,000 hours of audio programs from over 270 content partners that include leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, newspaper publishers, podcasters, and business information providers. So basically you can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. Audible.com actually has over 1,000 science and technology and over 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles with more being added all the time. They've got over 50,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible's got it covered. So if you like books, if you like audiobooks, Audible's really the only place to go for it. And what we're really excited to tell everybody about is that if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy, you get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial today. So um, go to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy, get a free download. You can't really beat that. Try it out. Um, I know I've listened to uh, John Hodgman's book as audiobook, which is I found superior to actually reading the book. Um, uh, do you guys listen to any audio bo- any audiobooks ever? So, yeah, I've done a few. I mean, uh, it's a couple that I've actually read, read first and then listened to later, which I thought was interesting. Which yeah. is kind of cool because I like I did that with Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Right. Um, the actually the the Audible ones are cool because they don't go and you get to keep them. Say that you download this book uh, and you don't want to keep the subscription or something like that. You'll have the book forever. Um, but if you like it and you're like you're traveling all the time and running out of podcasts, it's a really good way to spend some extra time. Um, and, and do that. The player's nice. It remembers your place in the book, all that stuff. Yeah. Totally. Audible is the way to go. So, um, <laughs> audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy. Check it out today. Email time. Our first email is from Josh from Westchester, New York. And he says, I just went to my comic store to pick up my stack, which I allowed to pile up for far too long, and found to my dismay that I did not, it did not include the last issue of Final Crisis, despite the title being on my pull list. I've been a loyal customer to the store for over 10 years, or almost 10 years, and have stayed with him through, lo- through location changes in college. Though I'm partly at fault for not coming on a regular basis, I'm not, I've never not purchased my entire stack for the entire time I've been with them. Is it right for them to just give away my reserved comics to other customers? I can distinctly remember missing issues of great runs, i.e. Benison Believes Daredevil. Comic store owners constantly complain about having to compete with larger bookstores, direct subscriptions, and Amazon, yet here I am, a loyal customer, being pushed towards these bigger distributors to try to complete a story that I've followed for a year now. At a certain point, shouldn't loyalty run both ways? Ooh, I got it. I got Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I knew you would. <laughs> no. The dude's a retailer. And if you are letting your stuff pile up for a really long time and he has a customer who's coming in right then and says, I need to buy this book, and he can sell that book when he doesn't really know if you're coming back or whatever. I mean, unless you're like really close buddies with him. You know, I, listen, I've done that. I've gone into a comic store and I'm standing there. I'm saying, I need to buy this issue, and you don't have it on the racks. And they go, "Well, you're here. Hang on, let me grab it from one of the one of the people who who isn't here." I mean, it is a little bit first come first serve, and it's not like, I mean, it's not easy to be a retailer of comic books. You don't make a ton of money. You got to make your sales where you can. You know, that's sort of a reality of business. Um, now, granted, you've got a pull list, you do a thing, but I find everybody kind of handles that a little differently. But you know, if if you don't do a subscription thing with them specifically, where you order your books ahead of time and he orders them specifically for you you don't really have much right on that stuff i guess 
I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough because I mean, I've been I've been in stores that have held books for me, and I would probably be pissed if if they gave them away because they were holding them for me. But if I don't come in that's regularly, the contract. yeah, that's that's that's, that's the contract. I mean, and then on the other side of things, I you know one one of the stores I shopped in, I didn't have a pull list, and I would want a book, it would be sold out, and they they go ah hold on, and they go into the file and give me one of the other customers because they figure okay that guy comes in once a month and I can reorder it and replace it. You know, so you've got to give, you got to get, have some sort of idea that the, I think the, the retailer has a responsibility to give you the books you want. But if he's out of stock on something because he had to sell it to somebody who wanted it, you can't, you can't fault him. Just say, okay, great. Can you get it back in for me? And most often they can. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think if you're at a store and you're there for 10 years, then the, and the guy, you're holding books for the guy, the guy should hold the books for you. Yeah. I think I mean if that's that's if well. That's the question the, is, what's the is, are they really holding books for you? Or are they just pulling the ones so you can come pick them up if they're available? Right. Like it depends on what the specific work you know what what the deal is with the place. Yeah. It's it's, it's tough. Like you're making a reservation if, if you're making a reservation to pick up for these books and they don't reserve yeah. them for you, then what's the point of making the reservation? Well, well but but that's but that's a thing. But that but that's the thing. If the retailer the retailer is spending let's say two bucks on a book, so he's spending two dollars and it's sitting in a folder waiting for you to come in. That's two bucks that he's got out there that he can't recognize until you come in whenever you feel like it. Like that's what Josh says. Then he, of, should, then, he should, then he shouldn't have the the system where he holds books for people. Well, there should, should be some sort of, there should be some sort of policy that that books that are reserved will be held for a week. You know what I mean? Some sort of thing like that where there's a level of expectation. I don't know. It's it's it, it is dicey. I agree. I agree. Yeah. He should set it up, but but if you're going to hold books, you hold the books. If you yeah. don't hold the books, I'm not shopping at your store. You know what I mean? If you yeah. if you have a policy, you don't you don't live up to it. I'm not shopping at your store anymore. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's yeah. it's tough it's tough to to turn down a sale. You know, I've been in that position. Sure, retail, but then yeah. but then don't then don't hold, then don't offer to hold books for people. Then yeah, if you're going to hold them until someone else wants it, then that's not holding it. That's just not putting it on the rack. Wow, this is a, this is a this is a uh, heated subject. This this Connor's line in the sand theory. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you have a lot of lines and a lot of sand. <laughs> if you if you have a if you have a policy and it's and it's I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Great, I'll I'll do it. And then you don't do it, then right. But part but part of that policy is is two ways. And and I'm saying okay, great, and I will come in and 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 pick them up. And if you don't come and pick them up, you kind of you know you kind of you kind of lose your 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 opportunity. You know, his first only, sentence was only I allowed it. Only to- but only if you're told ahead of time, hey, after a month, if you don't pick this up, I'm sorry. Yeah, selling. exactly. I think there should be some sort then of. I no, then I have no problem with that. If that's what the, if that's what the policy is, and then then that's your own fault for not picking them up. But then it's if that's never if that's never stated. I've when I was a kid, I had a pull list. I didn't go for months or two months. I'd go and I'd have a big stack of books would be there, and I'd pick, I'd sell them because that was the, the the contract between me and the comic store was he'd hold them for me. Yeah, it was a different time then. They were <laughs> making a matter. lot more money. There was a lot more comic shops. There was you know you could do. Here, you know, you got to they got to make the sales where they can. I mean, yeah. people are raising thin then, margins. That's fine. They don't offer to hold books if you're not going to hold them. Yeah. That's the point. I know, you know it's tough. I mean? It's tough. Like, it's a lot of gray area in this one. I can see it in both directions. So anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to be Connor's retailer. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would have a pull list for this for a reason. Right. Uh, Ryan W. says, after reading the first issue of Battle for the Cowl, I was wondering if you guys each have a favorite for who's going to be the new Batman. I like Dick Grayson. That's him talking, not me. While taking up the mantle, catalyzed? That's not a word. Um, By the death of Tim Drake with Damien as the new Robin. How about you guys? Tim Drake died? No, he's not going to die. Oh, he's saying the catalyst for Dick Grayson taking up the mantle would be the death of Tim Drake and then Damien being the new Robin. Tim Drake's not going to die. No, he's he's Red Robin, probably. 
Um, I, everyone knows who I want. Who do you want? Ron, Ron, I know you've been excited about this. and who, who I'm <laughs> really, really excited. I'm really excited. I'm hoping um, Bullock is going to take up the cat, the mantle, right? The cop? That would be awesome. Yeah, wouldn't that it? Be fat, awesome. fat Batman? Fat cigar-smoking, unshaven Batman. Yeah, that'd be great. No, I don't care. <laughs> it's going to be Dick Grayson. We know it. Right? I mean, it's I, don't, be... I, I hope so. I don't know that we know it, but well, I let's see. They, let's see. Let's let's, let's 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 see. They, you know, they they introduced a new Nightwing and Superman, so he can't be Nightwing anymore. Right. Yeah, all the all the he, po- he's, he's either going to be Batman, Red Robin, or he's going to die. That's the only really options we've got. Yeah. We know Damien's Robin. We just we know it, and right. so then you've got Tim Drake and and Dick Drayson, and probably. Most likely Dick Grayson will be Batman and Tim Drake will be Red Robin. That's just the most likely scenario. But you never know. You know what I mean? You Jason Todd. I, I, I don't care. Yeah. Right, so if, you were, if, you were, if you were writing it, who would you make? Who would you make I'm, not, you I'm literally not even paying attention to the story. I don't know what's happened or what's – who. I, I, like, I read that Battle for the Cal. I don't know. I don't – like I'm, <laughs> I'm just – when's Bruce Wayne coming back? Because this is – I don't care. Like I literally could not care less. You're not going to buy any of the Batman books. Not right now. I'm not terribly interested in them. No. You're not going to buy the Frank Wiley, Grant Morrison book. Now, is that in continuity? It's yes. not. It is. It is. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Me. So if you have an opinion as to who knew the bat, then who's He's new- mad at me because of that? By the way, <laughs> fuck you. If you have an opinion, I don't, as to- really don't care. Don't buy good books. That's fine with me. I might. I might check out the. I might check that out because I like the 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 art team on it or the creative team on it, but. Like the overall thing, like I'm just not. I'm not like, oh my god, I can't wait to find out because it doesn't make a difference to me. Email contact at ifanboy.com with any questions. Fine. <laughs> After the fact, though, you find out. Oh man, you know what was awesome was the whole who's going to be the Batman thing. You would probably want to get the trade, and so you go to in stock trades, which is uh, you can save up to thirty seven percent off of trade cover prices. Free shipping on orders over fifty dollars. There are over fifty four hundred trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. I'm gonna imagine there's more than that now, unless they haven't added any since we started doing this. Um, new releases are listed every single Wednesday, and they usually ship within forty eight hours. You can go to www.instocktrades.com, and if you were interested in this week's book of the month or this month's book of the month, that's All Star Superman Volume Two. Probably even Volume 1 if you wanted, uh, but Volume 2 is available for 47% off the cover price, which is such a good deal. And stop waiting for the absolute, which you don't know is coming, and read this really good comic book, for God's sake. No, everybody's assuming it's coming, and no one has even mentioned that it's possibly coming. If Just... nobody buys it, they're definitely not coming. <laughs> so yeah. buy the good story. They're in hardcovers. It's very nice. On to the voicemail. Our first caller's got a question that we've pondered quite a bit. Hi, this is Corey from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I was just wondering what your guys' casting choices are are for the new uh, Captain America: The First Avenger movie that's going to be released. Thanks. You know, I was ha- I literally had this conversation at dinner uh, earlier this week, and I came up empty. You can't do it. Yeah, I have like I racked my brain for two years, three, however long we've been talking about this. Well, like, remember we had that contest? Yeah. Like, yeah. Two two and a half years ago to cast an Avengers movie and, and Captain America was one that nobody could get. Yeah, because everybody's like, man, eh, I don't think the person exists. Like, like there may be somebody out there that you've never heard of, but or maybe that they'll cast somebody who you wouldn't have suggested, and then when they do it, like they they inhabit the role, and you say, oh, this is perfect. But this is why I'm not a casting director. But he's so he's so hard. Like he's this. He's iconic. He's too he's iconic. Not old, but he's not young, and he's you know 
big and sort of imposing but not scary. It's just, ugh, he's a super soldier. He's like the perfect dude. Um, it, it, it was interesting because um, uh, actually Jeff from the Tully Rad Show threw the name of the guy that plays the Mentalist on CBS. He's too old. He's yeah, so, yeah that, that, that was yeah that was the that was the criticism that he was too old. He's that's like, the problem. Yeah. Every every yeah. time you have this discussion, everybody throws out every blonde actor that's currently working in Hollywood. Yeah, and the problem is it's like, that, it's like I mean, the Thor wrestler thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Thor, the wrestler. fundamentalist is blonde, but he's not Captain America. He's yeah. you know there's I'd ca- I could cast him as another superhero, but not as Captain America. First of all, he's forty, and second of all, he's just he's he's too and he's Australian. He's not wide-eyed enough. And he's, and he's yeah. He's, just, he's Captain America has so many important elements that are uh, that are almost contradictory that it's almost impossible. He has to, to be American. Anybody. He has to be American. He has no, to be born doesn't. in Indiana. <laughs> just kidding. It's he's true. from New York Not City. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, no, actually, no. Steve Rogers' family was from Indiana, and then they moved to New York City when he was young. Okay. So. I think I think Matt Damon is close, but he's too small. He made he totally made that up. By the way, I totally yeah, made that up. <laughs> I don't know. Shit. All right. Um, our next voicemail has got a question about an upcoming con. Hi, fanboys. This is Pat from Pullman. I was wondering, are you guys going to be hitting up the Emerald City Convention this year? Uh, it's coming up in a couple weeks, actually. And uh, whether or not you are, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I know you guys were there last year, and it's, uh, it's really grown in the last couple of years. It's been real cool to see uh, a comics convention spring up in the Pacific Northwest like this. So uh what your thoughts are, and uh, hopefully I will see you guys there. Later. We went to five cons last year around there. And I think the most fun we had is Emerald City Con. That was yeah. a really good time, a really good con, really good city, really good experience. I mean, that was the one I look back on when I think about the cons last year and think that was a really fun time. Yeah, the con has definitely grown. It's really good. And so I, I definitely, especially being in San Francisco and it being a short flight, I didn't definitely didn't want to miss it. So actually, I'm going to be attending as well as uh, Gordon the intern is going to be with me. Um, he's still with us? He's still with us, yeah. And he's coming out to Seattle and we're going to rock the con. So My um, dry is piling up. Yes. but unfortunately, let, let him know that. Okay, well, I don't know. Unfortunately, you guys aren't going to be joining us, though, right? There was an incident in San Francisco, and I've been banned from the con circuit. Um, <laughs> actually, no, there's uh, we're not. Connor and I are not going. But um, if you were in the New York City area on April first, uh, that's a Wednesday. You may want to keep your calendar slightly clear if you um are a fan of Jeff Johns. That's all I can say at this time. Keep your eyes out. I'll tell you more later. Yes, stay tuned. Yeah, that's why we're not. Going. So it's so gonna be a busy, yeah. busy week for iFanboy in New York and in Seattle. So, mm-hmm. um, so but if you're going to the Emerald City Co- Comic Con, look for us. I'm I'm thinking of trying to do maybe an informal meetup or something like that. So if you're going, uh, stay, keep checking iFanboy.com for details. If you have any other questions, you can call and leave us a voicemail one eight eight Fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And that is your show for the week. There's your show. Go <laughs> There's to your show. Um, uh, check out the whole uh, written pick of the week review that, that Connor wrote and, and every pick of the week review we've ever written uh, almost. And all the other comic book discussion and, and all this stuff, the stuff, uh, the end of the great uh, Battlestar Galactica live blogging thing uh, that, that was good. We well, broke the website. You, yes, we you're did. damn right. Good work. I learned yeah, that I can't went- do that. I can't okay. pay attention to the show, read the stuff, be witty, and type at the same time. So you have, you have skill. I can't Thank do you. it. Um, <clears throat> go to ifanboy.com, though. You can check out the social network links at ifanboy.com slash about. And you can go to the store, which is ifanboy.com slash store, and then slash Amazon. The store will teach you, show you where you can uh, become a member. Connor's can tell you all about that. And, and Amazon's where you can buy stuff for Amazon and indirectly, without any, any effort on your own, support uh, ifanboy. Good stuff. 
If you really want to help iFanboy, you can do that by becoming an iFanboy member. That's really, really important. You can do that for $4 a month or $42 a year. With that, you can buy iFanboy prize pack, which includes a sticker, some buttons, and a comic book from our collection. Or you can become a high-level member for $10 a month or $100 a year. You get the prize pack plus a special edition iFanboy members t-shirt. And that really helps us out. We still need more members. We are not at our goal. We need uh, it helps keep the show going. It helps keep us going to cons and doing all the events and stuff. And it all costs money. And we don't take any for the shows and the website. So that's one way you can help keep iFanboy going. So become an iFanboy member. We really appreciate it. it. Really helps. Another way to help is you can buy an, um, a Herm T-shirt, which is which is something we've been selling for a while. And actually, as of this recording, there's only about two or three left. So if you were thinking about getting a Herm shirt and you wanted to buy a men's extra large, because that's all we got left, <laughs> uh, go to the store and get that. Our, we've been doing members giveaways periodically, and our very next giveaway is happening in the beginning of April, and it is for a, an original piece of Mike Allred art. It's a page from one of his books. What page? What books? It's from on? Red Rocket Seven. Red Rocket Seven. That's happening the first half of April. How do you get involved in that giveaway? Well, you become a member. We pull from the members list randomly, pick a person to win that page. It's going to happen in the beginning of April, and you can check that page out at fanboy.com. Yeah. So thanks and become a member. We'd really yes. appreciate. It. Also, just a quick quick update. We sent out about two two thirds of the membership packets. I know people have been asking, sending emails. Um, so we have about a, th- a third left. We're sending those out in April again. So um, if you haven't gotten yours yet, just hold tight. It's coming. There's about a third of you who haven't gotten it. We'll get them soon. Excellent. And you, if you go to ifanboy.com, you might notice that we also do a video show every Wednesday. Um, you, <gasps> can, you can also check it out at revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, and you can get it on iTunes, on TiVo, on YouTube, anywhere else you like to watch video. Um, this past week, we uh, we dove into Final Crisis and, and kind of gave it its, okay, it's over, what do we think of it? And uh, this coming week, we've, uh, we received a challenge from one of the comic publishers and we took it. We dove into the Top Cow line of comics and, and really, you know, we all read Witchblade, Darkness, the pilot season, all that kind of stuff, and talk about the Top Cow books, which we don't normally talk about as much. So um, if you're curious to see what we thought of it, uh, tune in on Wednesday at ifanboy.com or revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Sweet. Remember the old shirt, the blue one? It says ifanboy on the front and says intern on the back. You can be an intern. You can still get those at the revision3.com store, which is revision3.com slash store. I know, amazing. Uh, the shirts are now fifteen ninety nine, and there are some of those left, definitely more than the Herm shirts, but uh, they will not last forever. There's lots of ways to contact us. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can call us at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. With any questions, you can also go to ifanboy.com slash about, and you can find all of our social networks, and you can, you can find us that way and be our friends and... Twitter is probably the most important one where we announce stuff and, and, and things like that happen over Twitter. So be our friend in all kinds of ways and contact us in all kinds of ways. Also, Connor's home number is uh, – set- oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Delete. <laughs> Beep. Oh, God. And if you like the show, um, help us get the word out. Um, if you could uh, go to iTunes and leave a review – of the show, that's a great way to help other people uh, get a feel for what the show is about and discover the show. As of now, we've got 378 reviews. It's not hard to get the 400. 400, 400, 400, 400, 400. is 400. striking distance, people. 400. So, um, <laughs> so please go to uh, iTunes, leave a review, and also, you know, tell your friends, tell your comic book story. If you got, you know, if you share the love of comics with anybody else, share the love of iFanboy. We'd um, we'd really appreciate you helping us get the word out. 400 is a small percentage of the audience, and if you haven't left a review, come on. Just come on. jump on iTunes real quick. We real know quick, there are please. literally thousands of you downloading from iTunes. We know this. So go, just go leave a review. 
We do have more reviews than Pearl Jam's 10 album. I just <laughs> that randomly. And more importantly, we have more reviews than Around Comics. So let's just, let's just remember what's important here. <laughs> well, so. it's hard not to be better than Around Comics. It's, it, well, it's not, it's, that's not hard at all, actually. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> it's hard not to be better. That's the thing. It's, right. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Like just now I could burp and it would be like, wow, that was better than Around Comics. <laughs> wow. We're just, you know what we're doing? We're throwing fire. We are. We are. We're not better than Tom vs. The Flash, though. So. No. Yeah. No. No, we, no one is. What, so go to go to iTunes, leave us a review, then leave Tom vs. the Flash a review. We we endorse Tom vs. the Flash. So. If you can find a way to take uh, reviews away from around comics, we would also endorse that. Oh, I've been doing that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been marking them offensive. Is this offensive? <laughs> and unhelpful. <laughs> this hasn't helped me. This hasn't helped me. <laughs> oh, my okay. does not endorse thee. No. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this week's show. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. And Chris Neesman's going to be mad at us. <laughs> it's publicity. <laughs>